you know, uh, <clears throat> this week they cut off the air conditioning. Next week they turn on the bright lights and get out the rubber hoses. That's right. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry about that. I told Ed Hackney, we were standing over there, and I said, if I, was no, if I would have known it was going to be this hot, I'd have preached on hell. <laughs> but I didn't know, so. Rick Mailer was one of six starting pitchers the Cincinnati Reds had available to them in 1990. That was the year, of course, that they won the World Series. And when uh, Rick Mailer was interviewed about being a starting pitcher and possibly having to go to the bullpen, he said, while I would like to start, I'm willing to do whatever the team needs me to do. He says, I just want to be available. That seemed to be the attitude that characterized that team in 1990 as they went from first place on opening day to winning the World Series. It was a tremendous run in 1990 for the Reds. And that spirit of availability, the attitude of availability, seemed to be the thing that was the catalyst that helped them do what they needed to do. As we step into summer and decide that we are going to serve, we are going to make it a summer of service, having an attitude of availability will go a long way in offering our hands and our feet to God for use in His service. So this morning, what I would like for us to do is turn to Matthew chapter 14. And in Matthew chapter 14, we will learn about three ingredients of availability. What do I need to have in me or what do I need to do to make myself available so that I can have the attitude of service and the attitude of availability that results in service during this summertime? Please notice in verse 14 of Matthew chapter 14, it says this. It says, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. The first ingredient is compassion. He is moved. He had compassion for them. Uh, The love that was in his heart was not able to be contained as he saw this multitude of needy people. Instead, the compassion spilled out and he began to heal them, to minister to them, to serve them. He made himself available because of compassion, because of the love that was inside of his heart that bubbled out, that spilled out onto those around him. This is nothing new for Jesus. There are many times in Scripture where the word compassion is used, about 14 times in the Gospel. Of those 14 times, 12 of those times it's used of Jesus specifically. It was the compassion of his heart that prompted him to go closer to the leper and heal him. It was the compassion in his heart that prompted Jesus to reach out to the blind man and give him sight. It was the compassion in the heart of Jesus that caused him to to go closer to the widow of Nain and resurrect her dead son. It was the compassion in his heart that motivated Jesus Christ to be available to those around him. You see, it is the love of Christ that makes a tremendous difference when it comes to serving him, when it comes to doing things for him. Please notice that it says that Jesus had compassion for them. He did not say, well, there's nobody else here, so I'll do it. He didn't say that. He wasn't motivated by that. He was motivated by love. He didn't say, well, here's a chance to impress the disciples. And so what I'll do is I will serve. Instead, what he, what he did was allowed his heart that was full of love to spill over into action for the sake of the kingdom. 
compassion. This is love, isn't it? If you think about it, or if you have your Bibles and can look back, in Matthew chapter 14, verses 1 through 13, is the story of John the Baptist. It is the story of what Herod had done to John the Baptist. Remember, John the Baptist was in prison, and uh, there was a birthday celebration, and a wish was granted by Herod that he would uh, serve up the head of John the Baptist on a platter to Herodias, his wife. And that's exactly what he did in verse 12 of Matthew chapter 14. And after that happened, the disciples of John took the body of John the Baptist and buried it. And then they went and told Jesus. And in verse 13 of Matthew chapter 14, Jesus tried to organize a little bit of a kind of like, let's take a pause here and take a break. But instead, the crowds were so great and so unbelievable that instead of setting aside time for himself, the love was so great that it overcame this horrendous event and activity in Christ's life that he put others ahead of that. And he began to reach out to those in compassion. It is the love of Christ in our heart that makes us available, that makes us available to what it is that God wants us to do. Uh, Jesus set aside his desires for the desires of others because of the compassion in his heart. Chuck Swindoll, who is a radio pastor, and you have heard him and read his books, talked about a time when he was uh, at a man's house, and it was a beautiful home, large, with a, uh, all of the, the fine furnishing, furnishings and uh, food was great and people of, of renown were in the presence. And Swindoll was sitting back and, and watching all of these things kind of unfold. And he noticed how the man who was in charge of the house was expressing great joy and great happiness over his, his great fortune and all of the wealth and all of the people that were there. And Swindoll watched as the man leaned against the fireplace, and on the fireplace there was this, these words written. It says, If your heart is cold, my fire cannot warm it. Swindoll began to consider and think in his mind that that is exactly the way things are. If your heart is cold, no matter how close to the fireplace you got, you would still succumb to the surroundings around you and allow your, your, your fire to be stoked by, by the riches and the wealth of others or yourself. Swindoll said at that time he prayed, he said, Lord, keep my heart warm. Stop me when I rev my motor and get to moving too fast towards stuff I think will make me happy. Guard me from this stupid tendency to substitute things for you. Our heart becomes inflamed. Our compassion grows as a result of our relationship with Jesus Christ. And when that compassion grows, we're able to reach out to those around us and we're able to serve and make ourselves available because of the compassion within us. Now, you know, if you have your Bibles, you know that verses 14 and following is the story of the feeding of the 5,000 and what a marvelous miracle that was. But the second ingredient to availability is found at the end of that story in verses 22 and 23 of Matthew chapter 14. In verses 22 and 23, it says this. It says that, uh, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead, uh, go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. The second ingredient of availability is, is the ability and the desire to catch up, to catch up. He was filled with compassion. He ministered to those that were there, and then he took a moment to catch up. To catch up. Now, I don't know about you, but one of the greatest things about being a parent is having the next child, right? 
Because when you have the first child, you have no experience. You know, by the time you get to your 10th or 11th, you're an old pro, like some of you are. I had one. Twelve years later, I had another one. That was a great plan. It was God's. He knew best. And I remember the first one. You know, you, you go through that whole shot thing when you go to the doctor's office. You go in there, and, and they, they give them shots. And, and, you know, I'm telling you, that, that was harder on me than it was on the child. One time, the doctor said, well, I'm going to give him a shot in his hip, and it's going to be sore. Of course, you know, this was my first child, first hip and all that stuff. And I said, well, how will I know? And he said, don't worry. He said, he will let you know. He said, he will either have you carry him or he will limp if it's sore. And sure enough, that was true. I mean, he he would not walk. I would have to pick him up or he would limp because of the soreness in his hip. And the doctor continued on after he said that. He said, adults aren't like that. He said, adults are foolish. He said, when they hurt, they just push through it and probably cause more damage than they need to. Interesting thing, isn't it? And that's what happens in spiritual life, isn't it? We think we can't stop. We've got to keep pushing. We've got to keep working. And we've got to keep revving it up for Jesus' sake. You know, it's the old adage, I want to rust out. I want to burn out instead of rust out, right? Well, the thing about that, if you uh, rust out or burn out, you're still out. And that's what we forget sometimes. And Jesus does a great job of pausing of stopping and catching up. He goes to the mountainside by himself in prayer. I wish that Jesus would have recorded that prayer for us. Because I think that what we would have heard and what we would have been able to read is a heart that was poured out to God saying, you know what? I am just worn out, Lord. Father, I have borne so many burdens of individuals. I am falling down. And my friend, John the Baptist, being beheaded, how can that be? You see, Jesus paused. He caught up. He allowed himself to begin to communicate with his father so that he could have that renewed perspective. The opportunity to say, you know what, I just need some rest right now. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, the relaxation kind of a thing. We are very good at that in American culture. I'm talking about the kind of rest where we stop and we pause and we reflect on what it is that God is capable of doing through us and for us. It is the kind of pause that renews our perspective, that that allows us to to, to start up again. It is beautifully displayed in Psalm chapter 3. You can read that this afternoon. It is where David talks about being worn out by his son Absalom. Absalom is not mentioned in Psalm 3, but that's the context of that psalm. And Absalom, you know, had gone around the kingdom and had created all kinds of problems for his father. And David just finally had had enough. And in that passage it said, I laid me down and I slept. And then I woke again, renewed, because of the rest that God gives. You see, when we catch up, we we rest in God and who He is. Uh, Edmund Lawrence wrote a hymn. And uh, the hymn says this, Are you weary? Are you heavy-hearted? Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. Are you grieving over joys departed? Tell it to Jesus alone. Do you fear the gathering clouds of sorrow? Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. Are you anxious what shall be tomorrow? Tell it to Jesus alone. You see, service is not a life sentence. Instead, service is a relationship with God that allows us to do things for Him. And He doesn't continue to push us and to drive us until we are ground away and we disintegrate. 
Instead, part of service and part of availability is to stop and to catch up and to say, Lord, I need you. I want you. Some of you are still back where Jesus was in Matthew chapter 12, verses 13 and 14. You want to get away from a tragedy in your life, from a hard time in your life, from something that has taken place. You want to get away and pause, and you need to do that. And you need to do that. You need to to stop. When I was in college, I had a professor, and he had been a missionary in the Philippines for 25 years. Then he came and was teaching Greek. And one of the stories that he told one time was was about being with a, a, a group of native Filipinos, and they were trying to get from one place to the next. And, you know, the missionary was there, and he was all fired up, and he's just pushing these native uh, Filipinos and saying, let's go, let's get to the next place, how much longer? And just driving them and driving them. And finally they got to a point, and all the Filipino native Filipinos just sat down. They just sat down. And the missionary is like stomping around going, what's going on? What's happening? And he goes to the leader who spoke the most English. And he says, why are they stopping? Why did they stop? And the leader says, uh, we're stopping so that our souls can catch up with our bodies. <laughs> Sometimes we forget, don't we? How important our souls are. How important it is that we stop and we pause and we talk to Jesus about what it is that we need to do next. And to renew the perspective in our lives so that our attitude is right to make us available to serve Him. Uh, Jesus spent a lot of time walking. Uh, There are very few times in the Bible where Jesus ran. Uh, The only time that I can think of is when He ran through the temple, cleaning out those ones that were doing bad things. All the other times, it talks about Jesus walking. And think of all the things that happened when Jesus walked. When He walked with the men on the road to Emmaus, Their hearts burned because He was with them. Take time for a walk, for a pause, to catch up with Jesus so that the attitude of availability is there for you. So two ingredients so far. We have compassion. We have catching up. And the third ingredient of availability is found in verse 25 of Matthew chapter 14. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 25, it says, During the fourth, hour, fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. The third ingredient is to continue on. To continue on. He never got stuck on the mountainside. That happens to some, doesn't it? You know, we have this uh, desire sometimes to get smarter. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's good to be intelligent. But sometimes we get stuck on being intelligent. I w- went to seminary, and one of the places I, I stopped frequently frequenting was the seminary lounge. And the reason for that is because I, I found out that I was pronouncing God wrong. You know, I found out in, in the seminary lounge you pronounce it God. <laughs> That's how they pronounced it. And they were so caught up with themselves and being so smart I, I, was, I, was, I was glad that I found out how little I knew, so I went back home and studied. But being with them, there was this whole idea of let's stay on the mountain. Let's stay there and learn and get what we can. Well, that's, that's true. We need to go to the mountain. And that's what Jesus did. He went to the mountain. And when He was on the mountain, He stopped. And He paused and He prayed. But please notice what happens then. He continues on. It is because of what he did on the mountain that he is able to to step off of the mountain and step onto the water and walk out to his disciples who are in need. 
The disciples are, are in need of someone to come and save them, and Jesus does that. And please notice, it says the fourth watch. That's like between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. So when we talk about Jesus pausing on the mountainside, he's praying and talking to God. There's not much time for sleep. Because then he finds himself back out on the water, rescuing his disciples. Remember, with Jesus, he is 100% man and 100% God. And so he fatigues and wears just like man, but he also knows like God. And as he is on that mountainside and the storm begins to rattle the, the boat of the disciples, he knows exactly what's going to happen. He knows that it's going to be Peter that challenges him and walks out onto the water. He knows that it's Peter that's going to go down into the water that he's going to have to save. He knows that, and he still gets off the mountain, gets on the lake, and goes out to them. You see, his needs were trumped by the needs of others. That's what availability does. When we have the proper attitude and compassion fills our heart, when we have taken the time to catch up with what it is that God wants us to do, then we continue on in service for Him, making ourselves available to others and do what they need for us to do. He gets back to the shore then after rescuing His disciples. And look what happens in verses 35, uh, 34 through 36. He says, When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret, and when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country, People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak. And all who touched him were healed. He continued on. He continued on. You see, when your heart is moved by compassion, when your heart is caught up with Christ, then you continue on in service for him. That's the the way that it works. The reason why we stop is not to get out. The reason we stop is to get going again. And that's what Jesus demonstrates. That's what Jesus exemplifies. It is his ability to take what it is that God has done in him to share it to others around him. Uh, the, The life of Jesus. The things that he does. Teaching us and showing us how to make ourselves available to him. I've told you this before. I, I started coaching youth football. I coached third grade. Uh, my son was there. Uh, I coached fourth grade, and we did it together. And I'm going to be coaching fifth grade. And one of the things that I've learned about coaching youth football is that these little guys can teach me more than I can teach them. And those of you that teach know that, those of you that have classroom. One of the things that we do is we, we, we try to run these guys so that they're in some kind of shape for the game, right? I mean, that makes sense. We don't yell and scream and say, you know, you're going to be... We just set it up and say, okay, you're going to run. And we do this thing, we call it the feisty feaster. And the reason we call it that is because one of the coaches came up with it and his name's Todd Feaster. So we call it the feisty feaster because he is. And so anyway, so what they do is the, the boys lay down and they jump over and then they lay down and they jump over. And pretty soon you're running and jumping over each guy. And we have 25 guys. And so you can imagine as you're going around the football field, they're running and jumping and falling down. And, and you, you know, if you've ever seen little kids run and jump, you know, nothing's connected. Their heads are lolling and their arms are flapping. And they're looking at you and saying, how much longer, how much longer? And, you know, they're just, when we keep going and we keep going, we're thinking, man, today's going to be the day. 
where it finally, you know, they, they, they get that extra push and they're, they're able to come to the place where they've gained strength enough to, to play an entire game without coming out and saying, can I go see my mom? And so we're pushing and we're pushing and they're running and they're running. And, you know, that's how it is. And, and they're dying and they're looking at us, oh, how much longer, how much longer? And pretty soon they, they are collapsed and we blow the whistle and we say we're done and we all come in and we do our little thing where, you know, one, two, three, on we go. And they go over to the sideline and it's the most amazing and incredible thing. They go over to the sideline and they get out there and they guzzle some water and they start like laughing and poking at each other and then they drink a little bit more. And the next thing you know, there's like a full-blown riot of fourth grade boys going on. And you're thinking, they were just exhausted and dead three and a half seconds ago and now they are ready to go another two-hour practice. Just incredible, just incredible. And I think sometimes it's that youthful exuberance It's that sense of saying, I'm going to push and I'm going to push and then I'm going to take my break and once my break is over, I want to be with these guys and have a little bit more fun and serve some more. And that's what Jesus makes available to us as our hearts fill with the compassion and love of Christ. As we stop for just a moment to catch up with Him, we then continue on in service for Him to bring honor and glory to Him. You see, that kind of attitude of availability makes our hands and feet ready for service for Him. Let's pray together. Father, thank You so much for today. It is a privilege for us to not only be together with each other, but to be around Your Word and to be be able to hear a message that comes from You. And Lord, we just ask that You would bless Your words And allow our hearts to be strengthened and encouraged to serve you more. In Jesus' name, amen.